Well, good morning and a very warm welcome to our service today. Whether you are a regular attender at Brighton Road or whether you've just found us online, we are delighted to have you join us in worship this morning. My name is Ken Carter. I'm a member of Brighton Road Baptist and I will be conducting this service this morning. And uh, this week we continue in our series that we began last week entitled The Sayings of Jesus. And our minister Tim will be speaking to us on that topic a little later in the service. And I'm delighted that we'll have contributions from other members of our church family too. So wherever you're worshipping from today, whether you're at home here in Horsham, elsewhere around the country or even from abroad, uh, we pray that you will feel part of God's family, that you will sense his presence with you and hear his voice as we sing together, as we bring him our prayers and as we listen to his word. Our call to worship today was taken from Psalm 96 in the New Living Translation, which reads, Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. For great is the Lord. He is worthy of our praise. And our opening hymn, this morning is one of the great hymns of praise that enables us to respond in worship. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Let's worship God together.
Can I lead you in prayer? Let's pray together. Holy God, your faithful love towards us never ends, and it is as sure and dependable as the sky over our heads, and so we worship and praise you this day. We are gathered in different locations, but we are united in our love for you, and so we offer you our worship and our thanksgiving, and we declare that you are our God, and we are your people. We thank you that we worship a God who is almighty and all-powerful, and yet loves us with a love that is immeasurable, a love that allowed your Son to lay down his life for each one of us, so that we might be free. We pray that as we worship you this morning, you will turn our hearts towards you, and attune our ears to the music and rhythm of your Spirit, so that we might sense you guiding us, speaking clearly to us, and we pray that we will receive your comfort, your blessing and your peace wherever we are this day. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 to 6 in the contemporary English version we find these words. Before the world was created, God had Christ choose us to live with him and to be his holy, innocent and loving people. God was kind and decided that Christ would choose us to be God's own adopted children. God was very kind to us because of the Son he dearly loves, and so we should praise God. And our next song echoes those words and the timeless nature of God and his limitless love for us. Loved before the dawn of time, chosen by my Maker, hidden in my Saviour, I am his and he is mine cherished for eternity. And so we continue in our worship.
The New Testament reading today is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 1 to 11. Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and illness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus, and Theodos, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles, or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal those who are ill, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts, no bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave.
We came back from our holiday in West Wales just three days before the total lockdown. And I remember unpacking the cases and thinking, as I do every time we travel, why did we take so much? Obviously, we had to take our wash bags with everything to keep us clean and beautiful, but what about all those clothes? Definitely underwear, but 10 pairs of socks. There were sweaters in case it was cold, shirts for in-between weather, and even a T-shirt or two in case we had glorious sunshine. We didn't. It was cold and we had a lot of rain. So we were glad we'd taken waterproofs and heavy jackets and good strong walking boots. And then, of course, we needed jeans, something smart for church, and meals out. And then there were our dogs. We needed their beds, their leads, their toys, and their food. Usually we end up taking three suitcases, a multitude of bags, and every time we go away, we know we won't need half of what we're taking. But it's good to be prepared. You just never know. I wonder what Jesus' disciples thought when he asked them to go travelling for him. Jesus himself had been walking through the villages and towns in his home area, teaching, healing, and seeing so many, many people who needed to know about God and his kingdom. So he asked his disciples, his 12 special friends, to take his good news to all those people who needed to hear. Jesus promised them his power to heal the sick, to help the lost, confused people in their neighbourhood, to bring good health and touch the untouchables, to bring them his good news. I wonder, how did those 12 men feel? Were they terrified at the thought? Perhaps. But if we've got to go, we'd better go and get ready and pack. But no. Jesus told them, you are to take nothing with you. No money, no bags, no extra clothing, just yourselves. That will be enough because my power will be with you. The Bible tells us that the disciples went and did exactly as Jesus told them. And his help was with them. They didn't take anything on their travels, but they found people who would welcome them into their homes, feed them and give them everything they needed for their journeys. Jesus has told us, that's you and me, to tell others about him. Perhaps we feel nervous at the thought. Perhaps we delay because we don't feel ready. We've got things we must do before we take that step. But Jesus tells us, do it. Just as you are. There's nothing you need. Just me. And the help I will give you.
our loving Heavenly Father, this is a very strange period in all of our lives, and we can easily feel quite overwhelmed as we contemplate circumstances and problems that look to be quite beyond the ingenuity of mankind to resolve. We rest, however, on your promise never to leave us nor forsake us, and we bring to you this morning our prayers for our world, our nation, our church, and our families and friends. We pray for our world, a world that is in a mess, where Christians in so many areas are being targeted and persecuted, and where evil is commonplace. We pray for those who are suffering in so many ways, and we ask for your Holy Spirit to be working in the darkest places to bring about change and hope for a better future. We pray for our own country and those in positions of responsibility and leadership. Please give them wise judgment in decisions that have to be made. May those decisions help bring us together and not drive us apart. And may those who are suffering and fearing for the future be given cause in the coming days for renewed hope and encouragement. We pray for our church in these difficult times, for our ministers and their families, and for our diaconate and those doing their utmost to keep us united and connected during this enforced time of physical separation. Please guide the decisions that have to be made, the initiatives for focused prayer that are underway, and the plans being considered for the future. Please bless especially those in our fellowship who are feeling lonely and isolated, or who are having to battle illness, financial difficulties, or family problems. We commit to you, dear Lord, our families and friends. Please reveal yourself to those who do not yet know you, the neighbours whom we see around us. Please give us the right words to speak and may our own actions and lives be a testimony to your presence in our lives and perhaps help lead others to know you too. Father, we know that many people need to hear the good news. Jesus has told us to go and make disciples. Help us to be willing to go. We bring these prayers to you in the name and for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm very grateful to Eric and Errol and Robin for contributing to our service today. And as we'll be continuing our online services for some time, we would really welcome contributions to the services from across our church family. So if you have access to a computer, a phone or an iPad and could use it to record a reading, a prayer, a story, perhaps a testimony or a word of encouragement to our church family that we could include in the services, then we would love to hear from you. Uh, please get in touch with the church office or drop a line to 
David, Tim, Michael or myself. And uh, if you need a little assistance with the technology, then just let us know. We'll be only too happy to help with that too. As the lockdown measures have eased slightly in this last week or so, enabling very small gatherings, uh, Anita, Louise and Marion were able to get together in Anita's back garden to record our next song. Written by Phil Wickham, the song Living Hope expresses the immense and unfathomable love that God has for each of us and the hope that we have in Christ Jesus, who stepped down from glory to bear our sin that we might live. So we'll listen to the ladies as they sing to us and we continue to worship God.
familiar with the phrase pie in the sky when you die? Back in 1911 Joe Hill wrote a song called The Preacher and the Slave and Joe was a member of the Wobblies which wasn't an early 20th century pop group it was a radical global labour organisation the industrial workers of the world and their vision was of a world run by the people for the people and they hoped to achieve this by means of a general strike that would close down the economy and enable the workers to take over. Had Covid-19 struck at the start of the 20th century, they would undoubtedly have seen it as the moment to seize their chance. But it was not to be. Now, Joe Hill's song was written to parody the Salvation Army's hymn in the sweet by and by. And the army hymn expresses the hope of heaven. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. But Joe Hill saw no point in saving souls for heaven when people were hungry, so his version of the song went, You will eat, you will eat by and by, in that glorious land in the sky, way up high. Work and pray live on hay. You'll get pie in the sky when you die. That's a lie. But Jesus' message was not at all about going to heaven when you die. Think of the Lord's Prayer. Jesus says we should pray to our Father who is in heaven and ask for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. He draws an implicit contrast between heaven and earth. If you think of heaven as, as God's home, the place where his good, loving and perfect will is completely realised, then heaven is going to be a perfect place of life and love and goodness. Now we know that the world isn't like that. But Jesus tells us to pray that God's kingdom would come and change the world. So this isn't about going up to heaven and leaving this world behind. It's about bringing heaven down to earth. So that in our present situation, we'd see God's goodness, love and perfection breaking in, redeeming, transforming our present world of evil, pain and suffering. And what were the disciples to do as they preached the message that the kingdom of heaven had come near? They were to heal the sick, 
raise the dead, cleanse those who had leprosy, drive out demons. And that's just what happened. As the kingdom was proclaimed, blind people received their sight, lame people could walk, those with leprosy were cured, the deaf could hear, the dead were raised, and poor people heard good news. Now it's easy for us as, as we hear all that to, to be carried away or, or maybe bogged down in the list of miraculous occurrences and to end up wondering, do such things really happen today? And, and if not, why not? But I suspect that line of inquiry is actually a bit of a red herring because the point of sending the disciples out wasn't to impress people with the fantastic things that God was doing through them. The whole point of the mission was that wherever the disciples went in Jesus' name and under his authority, the kingdom of heaven broke into people's lives and made a difference. It set people free. The message of the kingdom was that the light and the life and the power of heaven could transform people's lives right here, right now. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not saying that Jesus promises a life that is free from sin, disease, hardship or suffering. The kingdom of heaven has not arrived yet. But the coming of Jesus means that it's close enough to make a difference, to have an impact. So Jesus brought something of the life-changing power of heaven down to earth. That means his message that the kingdom is near was a mandate for change, for transformation. It's about the life of heaven conquering the present regime of death and disease and demonic powers and despair and setting people free. It was a life-changing, liberating message of the power of God. And Jesus' prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, makes it pretty clear actually that this world as it is, is not how God wants it to be or intends it to be. This is not as good as it gets. But when God's kingdom finally arrives, the whole world will be transformed. And as followers of Jesus, we're called to live in the light of that coming day. Tom Wright invites us to think of heaven as the place where the divinely intended future of the world is kept safely in store. And he says, if I assure my guests that there's champagne for them in the fridge, I'm not suggesting we all need to get into the fridge if we are to have the party. But the point is, champagne comes out of the fridge. And Jesus' goal, his mission, his aim, was to bring the life-changing power of God's kingdom out of heaven, down to earth. So for Jesus, the kingdom of heaven had nothing to do with pie in the sky when you die. It was all about God turning people's lives around, bringing them out of death and despair and degradation into life and hope and wholeness and healing. And whenever we pray, thy kingdom come, that's what we're asking God to do. And if we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and we mean it, then we can't just sit around in our slippers all day enjoying the comfort of our armchairs. God gives us his Holy Spirit and he sends us out into the world with the same message Jesus preached. The kingdom of heaven has come near. And it is near because in the name of Jesus, God's healing, liberating, life-giving, 
life-changing power can be released into people's lives. And if you are in the church, then God wants to put sharing the good news of his kingdom on your agenda. It's something he calls you to pray for, to do, to live out. And if you're not in the church, well, then God wants to put his kingdom in your heart. And that's about inviting God to come in and take over, to be in charge of who you are and how you live and what you do, so that you stop being part of the problem and become part of God's solution. So the kingdom of heaven is near to you. The question then is, what are you going to do about it? I'm going to pray the Lord's Prayer and would invite you to join with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. I'm going to ask Jan if she will share the grace with us. Thanks, Jan. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you always his peace. Amen. <laughs>